0: Hello, hello! Good to see everybody. Love that! What a what a great intro into this weekend. Want to say hello uh, to everybody all around Chicagoland, all of our campuses, everybody around here at Orland, uh, Homer Glen, New Linux, everybody online, and welcome to a next gen. Uh, weekend. It's going to be an incredible time uh, together and study and learning together. And to get us all headed in the same direction, uh, here's what I love to do. is We're talking about generations here today and different phases of life. I'd love to know what generations are represented around here, all around Chicagoland on our campuses. So when I show your generation uh, up here on the screen, I want to ask you, if you're a part of that, to just applaud or, you know, give a holler or whatever you feel like is appropriate uh, for your generation. So find out kind of who we have. So first of all, first generation, I want us to see where we're at is the Boomers from the 1940s to 1961. All right, that's, that's that's pretty good, some applause, some hoots, some hollers, some, what, yeah, there you go, uh, that was awesome. Uh, what about this, Gen X, 61 to 81-ish, some Gen Xers, all right, Gen X is representing uh, here today. What about this, we all uh, know quite a lot about these folks, millennials, any millennials here? Yeah. Uh, uh, that was almost kind of like a woo, you know, like, like a wave. You know, uh, most of the millennials are in the back, by the way. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, we love you, millennials. We are so thankful for you. So glad you're here. And uh, part of the, this Parkview uh, place that we all love. Now, the generation that we're growing up right now and that are younger, we don't always know what to call them. And uh, different, different people have called him different things, uh, but here's, here's one. Uh, how about this, Gen Z, 2001 and later. Any Gen Z folks? All right, okay, well, that's, there's some here. And uh, th- here's, here's the truth of the matter. Gen Z uh, would be much louder, uh, but literally every weekend, we have hundreds and thousands of Gen Z folks, generation, checked into kids and student ministries. So a lot of them uh, around all Chicagoland are in student and children's uh, kids ministries today, but here's what we know. They don't stay there, they grow up, right? And that's what this weekend is all about, raising up the next generation, And that brings us back to these marbles. You saw these in in the opening uh, right before I uh, came out. This gives us a good representation of how many weeks we have with our kids from birth up to about 18 years old, about 936 weeks. And for some of you, Uh, you are just getting started with kids. They're like preschool age, and you have a whole lot of marbles that you're trying to figure out what to do in all of these weeks and you're probably a little tired already because you have so many marbles still. For others of you, you feel like you don't have nearly as many marbles. Maybe you have just a few months or a few weeks left because you're Your kid is in high school or getting ready to go to college or something like that. And then I know that there's a whole other group of you, uh, the the boomers we talked about earlier, you view this in a whole different way because for some of you, you're you're grandparents and great-grandparents and it feels like your jar has been filled up all over again by your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids and that that sort of thing. So here's what I want us to realize this weekend. Whatever stage you're in, what I want us to know is this, that when, when you start to consider how much time you have left, you really get more serious about the time you have left. And and that goes for anything. Here's the way it's said in Psalms. Moses said this, he said, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Moses says that that wise leaders, wise parents, wise grandparents, -grandparents, great-grandparents, they number their days so that they can be wise with those days. Maybe another way to say it is that we should count our days so we can make our days count. Count our days so we can make our days count. As our kids move from phase to phase to phase of life, you know this, they are changing in every single phase. Physically, emotionally, relationally, morally, spiritually. And so what that means is this. That the infant who is crying and the fifth grader who is all emotional, and the junior in high school who's all stressed out. All of those kids are in very specific phases, and they're not phases that we should just wish away and say, man, I can't wait till they stop crying, or I can't wait until they get graduated. They're not phases for us to wish away. These are very specific phases in their life that they're transitioning through, that we as friends and parents and grandparents should be helping them to discover and celebrate. And help navigate these. So, here's what we want to do this weekend as we launch into a new ministry season with young people. We want you to hear some stories from families around Parkview who are parenting kids in all of these different phases of life. And we want you to hear from some of the kids and student staff around our Parkview campuses that are, the, this staff that we have is unbelievable who works with our next generation. So, we're going to listen in on some of these conversations and these different phases from the little ones all the way up through high school. And really what we want you to to know is one specific thing that overarching, overarches all this. And here's what we want you to know. You are not alone. You are not alone in this. If you're being stressed out by your kids and the marbles and you have a whole lot or not enough left, we want you to know you're not alone. We are here as a family to walk through these phases together. And that's what I hope that you'll discover today. So let's dive in and let's watch this first video uh, about a family in this first phase of like the preschool age of life. Take a look.
1: We've got two young ones right now. Scarlett's three and Brady is
2: five. In this season, we're number one. We're their world. They, They love us so much and they look up to us a lot and we can do no wrong.
3: What do you feel is your biggest challenge today, as parents mm. growing up in the
4: society that we're in now, with kids your age?
2: A lot of things are accelerated. I feel like in this um, this time that we're at right now, everything is uh, just moves that much faster. They're being tasked to do that much more at a younger yes. age, and uh, everyone is trying to help. But at the end of the day, it, it, it's her and I, you know, raising. Two little young kids, and we're doing the best that we can, with the help of God, with the help of you know our family, and um, it really just moves fast. To lead by example, it I can think of so many times where um, I may not have, have done that, but I will continue to work on, at it, continue to strive, and uh, it, it will probably only get harder because they will make that decision um, later in their life to hopefully follow Jesus and. By us giving them the foundation, the the, the core, I think we're, we're putting them on the path to success.
1: You know, and it's really putting it on their level and using those words like compassion and patience and perseverance and not just telling them through the Bible stories, but through their everyday activities. Right. So they th- pick up even the littlest things that you're saying and doing. So right.
5: I think it's cool at this age too, because it can just be part of the fabric of of your whole day I mean it's mm-hmm. totally normal to them to just talk about talk about God when we're outside riding our bike or talk about God when we're in the car driving and so yeah. it's fun to take those opportunities
1: especially with coming on Sundays and them knowing the people that they're with and you know that's just become routine like on mm-hmm. Sundays we go to mm-hmm. church and we go at this time and we see Grammy Papa after you know
5: mm-hmm. So many of the seeds that you're planting right now for your children, you know, at three and at five, are going to be those those foundations that they build on so that when things do get hard or when they're trying to carve their own path and do what what's goes against the grain of the rest of the kids, they can really rely on that backbone that, that was given to them by their parents.
2: Even though it is just a really short window of time that our kids are at Parkview over the weekend, I really feel like they're making the connections and they look up to these volunteers as role models. They know them by name, they talk about them, and it really is just a a really special thing.
0: Awesome, right? You know, the the kiddos in that age, the little preschool age, they're, they're so fun, right? And and they, they are, you know this, they're watching everything you do, and they just want to be like you and mimic you and and that sort of thing, which is exciting, but it's also very sobering uh, as well a lot of times. This is a picture of my son Cole uh, when he was little like that in those preschool age, just three or so years old, just tiny, and, and I know this isn't the best picture of him, but the the reason I wanted to show you this picture is because uh, I also have this picture that I carry around with me uh, in my wallet. I've carried this picture of him around for, for over 16 years now. Every single day, wherever I go, in my wallet is this picture of Cole and uh, thinking about those years. And it's not just this picture, but it's also what's written on back of this picture that I taped on there about 16 years ago. And I read this every week probably says this, the little chap who follows me. A careful man I want to be, a little fellow follows me. I do not dare to go astray for fear he also will go that way. I cannot once escape his eyes. Whatever he sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says, he's going to be that little chap who follows me. I must remember as I go through summer suns and winter snows. I'm building for the years to be that little chap who follows me. For me, this just always reminds me of who I need to be. And I don't always do this perfectly, for sure. There's a lot of days and weeks I don't. But then I have to have that gut check and that conversation and and really try and be that person that he can follow after. I want you to know from Parkview that if you have kids in in this age and stage of life, the preschool age, I want you to know that when you check them into kids' ministries around Parkview on a weekend like this, listen, we are not just babysitting them. We are building Jesus' love into them in ways that they can understand at their age. That's what we're doing. And, and I know for some of you, I know because I felt this before in my life, when you have little ones like this, sometimes you're a little bit tentative to drop them off to someone who, you know, and they're so little. If you feel that way at all, I want to encourage you to stop by the Information Center, stop by the um, resource booth, go visit one of the classrooms and see what goes on for a bunch of these little ones that we are taking care of and partnering with you to grow up in their faith and life with this church and your family. In each of these phases, there's little principles that I want us to think about and understand. If, if you're taking notes this weekend, maybe these are for you or someone else in your life. Here's the principle we want you to know for this preschool age. That is that we're in this together. <laughs> we're in it together. You've got a lot of marbles. You've got a long ways to go. You have a lot of friends. You have a lot of family around you here at Parkview to help you out. We are in this together. And you know what? That is a really good and important thing. You know why? Because a lot of times parenting looks like this. Parenting feels like you're just crawling through the mud trying to figure out what is going on. This is actually a race called the tough mudder. The tough mudder. It's a real race. You can Google it. You can look it up. I think there are so many parallels to parenting in this tough mudder race because what happens a lot of times, especially for those of you who are grown-up preschoolers, you feel like I'm near the end of the preschool years. We've survived this messy, muddy, gooey, sometimes poopy, preschool age, and we've almost done it, and then all of a sudden what happens? They go to elementary school, and we kind of start over with a whole new set of challenges and a whole new track to run, if you will. And so for that phase, let's take a moment again and watch uh, this family in the elementary age of growing up kids.
5: We have three boys. Our oldest is 12, and then our other two are 10 and 9.
1: So far, this is my favorite stage because they're independent they can handle most things on their own Mm -hmm. and their curiosity is is peaked in everything from you name it they they just are really curious and are sponges for information
5: they're willing to share their thoughts they're willing to ask all their questions Mm -hmm. having conversations about faith and questions about god and um, working that into their their lives too.
1: The challenging thing about the boys right now is they are really active and they always want to do something. Hey Dad, can we go ride four wheelers or hey dad, can we go <laughs> through tomahawks or you know some <laughs> random activity that they want to do. When I when I was younger, much younger, I asked a few professional guys that I really trusted and respected what regret you had. Hmm. And every one of them said, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids when they were younger. Wow. So realizing that Your time is limited with them, and your investment is over a short amount of time. I push a lot of things off to the side in order to make more time with them.
5: I think we do that through a lot of different ways, Um, part of it being our church involvement and making it a priority to worship together weekly. And we're so happy to have Parkview as a part of that parenting journey with us, or to play a part into Um, that journey. A long time ago when Parkview was doing a building project, they passed out these white ribbons to the congregation, Mm. and they asked us to write out a prayer for the future of the church, and then we tied them onto the fence. At the time, our oldest was in the nursery, and I remember writing on the ribbon, Dear God, let this be a place where my family grows closer to you. Mm. And over the years, (laughs) that has been so much um, what has happened with our family and so now when I look over and I'm in worship with my kids and one of them has their hands raised or one of my little guys brings up his God time card to get it signed mm-hmm. it's just a reminder of God's faithfulness to that request
1: I hope they find contentment in all the things that they do mm-hmm. I, there's nothing worse than going through life without that peace and contentment right And we know where that comes from. Yeah,
5: definitely for their foundation to be firm in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then for them to grow up and live a life surrounded by people that they deeply love Mm -hmm. and to do life with people who deeply love them, Mm -hmm. um, to serve, to just always be confident of who they are in Christ and for the purpose that He has for them.
0: Yeah, awesome, right? That's Joe and Emily uh, talking about just that uh, elementary phase of growing up kids. And and uh, just to be uh, clear, Joe was talking about, you know, how the kids are always so active in that phase of life. And he was talking about um, his boys, going with his boys to throw tomahawks. Um, just so you know, that's not necessarily a Parkview-sanctioned activity, that's not, but I, it sounds fun uh, with, with elementary-age boys. But isn't that true? They're just always doing something, and they're, they're very inquisitive, and they're just soaking up all kinds of information. And, and if I could say something to you, to going along with the wisdom from, from these parents, is that if you have kids in the elementary age, just remember this in this phase. They are sponges. They are absolutely sponges absorbing everything. And whatever they absorb will eventually get squeezed out. When they get squeezed, whatever they absorb is what will come out of them. And and during these elementary years, uh, these kids, sometimes they begin to test boundaries where it can be some very tense moments at home. Our kids in elementary age, they can begin to see things. We don't really want them to see. They can begin to hear things. We don't really want them to hear and that sort of thing. And and what we want you to know around Parkview on a weekend like this is that we are here with you. This is a place where no one stands alone. You don't have to stand alone in this. We're with you even during this phase. And it's not about being perfect. It's just about being present with your kids is they're asking these questions and absorbing so much. I love what Joe said in the video. He was talking about getting some uh, guidance from some friends and mentors of his, some people who are just a little ahead of him. And he said, what do you regret uh, from your life about when, when your kids were littler? And he said, his friends mentioned, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids when they were younger. You know, just trying to understand what they're trying to understand, right? And helping to love and guide them into this big new world that they're trying to figure out. A picture of my son, Cole, when he was in these elementary years dressed up like a pirate. This is kind of around fourth, fifth grade, something like that. And it's kind of funny in these years, in this phase, right, because they're kind of like little kids and and they still like to pretend and that sort of thing. But they're also starting to think about some things like teenagers and pre-teenagers do. And that's happening even sooner and sooner in the world that we live in. I remember it was when my son, Cole, was in later elementary that we had our very first talk about girls. I remember it clearly, we were on vacation. We had rented this house on the beach. My wife and daughter, were they were away, gone somewhere. And Cole and I, it was Friday or Saturday morning, we'd gotten up and we were having a big bowl of cereal and we were watching SpongeBob. I Clearly, remember this. Because I'd been fig- trying to figure out when I was gonna talk to him because I knew stuff was going on inside of him. And so I, I just, were sitting there watching SpongeBob, we're eating our cereal, And I'm not even looking at him. We're both looking at the TV. I said, "Hey, Cole." I didn't yell it like that, but I said, "Hey, Cole." You know, I said, "Uh, "Do you ever think about girls?" He looks at me and says, "Yes, I do." (laughs) I was like, I started laughing. I was like, "Okay," and I said, "Well." Would you like to have a conversation about girls? And he looks right at me in the eyes, and he said, yes, I would. <laughs> and I was like, all right, here we go. And for like the next 45, 50 minutes, we're just talking about girls and who they are and what they do. And, ah, you know, it's crazy. And, and, uh, and here's what I learned. He's, he's kind of like this little kid. He's kind of like a pirate. Uh, but everybody at his lunch table, all the boys are talking about girls at lunch. And kissing girls and who girls are and what girls do and what girls think and all of this. And and so we have all of this different stuff going on there. And he just needed to talk about some of the things that were going on inside of him. So just, you don't have to be perfect at this. Just be present with them. And here's the principle that we can learn. And that is just enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey when they're in those elementary ages of life. Here's a another video as we go into the next phase it's the junior high phase and uh let's absorb this because junior high phase can be a a challenge uh, for so many so take a look at toya
4: you know every phase comes with something really special what i love about this phase i would say definitely is that we have some very deep conversations just based on what she's experiencing and this is my opportunity to kind of help her grow in a healthy way because I think with all the emotions that she's feeling and the things that she goes through with her friends it's easy for it to become something negative Mm -hmm. and for her not to understand how to grow and keep things on a positive note. I still have a hard time differentiating between is that just her or is that this age because um you know she'll be just fine one minute and then a couple minutes later it's like what happened (laughs) you know I don't know I'm like I didn't see anything that you know you don't know but it's just like you know very quick change I had to learn um when she's saying different things to me not to react because that it makes her more closed off and she doesn't feel as safe as I would like for her to feel. Um, so I, I've been working on that for a while, just like that face yeah. that, you know, you have to <laughs> the just... The poker face a The bit. poker face, yeah. and that's hard. <laughs> Because, you know, in order for her to feel safe and sharing those very private things that she doesn't know how I'm going to respond to, I have to, in my head, I'm constantly praying, like, okay, do I keep it together? Just listen. Mm-hmm. And let her feel safe in expressing how she feels, and then we talk through it. We can have a very honest conversation, but we still make sure that our faith and God is a part of that conversation and that kind of be the cornerstone of how You know, we deal with people in life, not just now, but in the future.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head though. We talk a lot in our student ministry program about the importance and the influence that parents have in the life of their students. One of the biggest misconceptions all the time is when parents just um, sell themselves short in the amount of influence they have in the faith development of their student. The amount of hours you spend with your daughter in a given year, is far and above what we could spend with her and trying to help develop her faith compared to what you spend at home. Even though it's messy, it's mm-hmm. not clear cut, you don't have all the answers, sometimes you're confused about, man, that she all of a sudden was, you know, two days ago it seemed like playing with little toys and, you know, was just a little kid and now she's asking me some, some tough questions and that's a, a hard place to be.
4: We started with saying small prayers. Yeah. Um, And I think one of the things that I love about Parkview is that you're not alone. It's very much a family. And I think having people to lean on to support you in ways that I didn't even realize I needed support. Um, It's nice to have very open, honest conversations about what you're going through. And the struggles that you have um, as a parent, as a person, just... Day-to-day life, because you'd be surprised how many people are going through the exact same thing that you're going through, and your struggle, you know, could be somebody's plan of how to be successful in the future.
0: Ah, so good, right? Wow, wisdom. I love, I love what Toya says. She says, you know, when you have a junior hire, at one moment they can be just fine and good, and then one minute later, it's like, what happened? You know, what, 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 is, what is going on? And the junior high years uh, for parents, uh, for friends, for grandparents, and for junior hires, can be very difficult, can be challenging phase of life. I love what Aaron and, and Haley said from our student staff in that video. They said, you know, it can be really messy, but you know, you don't always have to have all the answers, and I think that's so true, and I would just want to echo that to parents, especially of junior hires. It's going to be some messy times, but you don't have to have all the answers. And even though you don't have all the answers, listen, parents of junior hires, know this. Know this. You are still the greatest influence on the life of your child. No doubt about it. You're still the greatest influence on the life of your child. And sometimes during the junior high years, it can get very frustrating because we're not sure what's going on inside of them. And they're not always sure what's going on inside of them, especially when it comes to faith and God and that sort of thing. I mean, we grew up in preschool, we grew up in elementary school, and then they get into junior high and we're like, "Did, did did God take a, does he take a break during junior high? Does God leave students during junior high and then come back later on in life? That's what it feels like sometimes, and and we don't always know how to handle that sort of thing. But here's what I want to say to you. Just because you cannot see God working doesn't mean that God isn't working in their lives. Just because you can't see it or because they can't articulate it doesn't mean that God's not working in their lives in these junior high years. This is a picture of my son Cole near the end of his junior high years, eighth grade, looking like a handsome young man. I remember just a lot of frustrating times because my family spends a lot of time at church. I'm at church a lot. He was at church a lot. Growing up in church, he had a lot of God in him, a lot of Bible in him. But yet during the junior high years, I wasn't always sure what was going on or what he was doing or what he was thinking or friends and that sort of thing. And then I remember he went to camp uh, right at the end of his junior high years. And he had an incredible week at camp, church camp that summer. And I remember him coming back home on that Sunday evening, and our family sitting down on the couch all together, and my son, who I still feel like is a little guy, my son, who was just in junior high at 13, 14 years old at that phase, going, this week at camp, I felt like God was speaking to me. And my heart just began to melt. Here's a young man who now has God speaking to him, he says, I feel like God is calling me to start leading people in worship. And he'd never really sung much before at all. He'd never played instruments. And so he feels like God is calling him to do that. And so he started to learn how to sing and he started to learn how to play instruments and and things like that. And I just want you to know that even though we always can't see God working in their lives, he's working and doing things in their lives that we may not even see or recognize for a few more months or years. Here's a principle for us during these junior high years. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing and trusting. Just keep doing what you're doing, parents. Loving them and leading them and being consistent. And just trust that God is doing something in their lives. Even though it may not be completely obvious right now. That's kind of the way the junior high years are. And then that leads us to the final phase as we end up launching kids out into the world. To do all sorts of things, that's the high school phase of life. Take a moment and watch Amy as she describes this phase.
3: My husband, Matt and I, we have been married almost 20 years and we started coming to Parkview when we signed up our firstborn, Mallory, for kindergarten. I have a 16-year-old daughter and then I have a 14-year-old son, Rylan, he's going to be a freshman, and then I have a 10-year-old son who's going to be in fifth grade.
6: So as they kind of get out of that childhood era and they're you know navigating through junior high and what are the joys you're experiencing with a high schooler?
3: We just we're able to have more fun with them and not that we're friends you know but there are moments where it does feel like I'm kind of hanging out with a friend and then you know I have to snap back into parent mode but sure I don't know just being able to laugh and poke fun at each other and you know they're not little kids so you can do more grown up things with them and yeah have new experiences. You know, as they get older, um, we just find that they have maybe some different beliefs than I had when I was growing up. So they're having different conversations. They're seeing completely different faces. And so, you know, that's what they're fed all day long. And then you come home to mom and dad and, you know, we're seeing different things. And so I want them to be able to come to me and talk to me about things that maybe we don't agree on. So I don't want my faith to shut them down from talking. Mm-hmm. So they know where we stand, and you know, say they don't agree with that. That doesn't mean that's the end of the story, and that doesn't mean I don't wanna get the Bible out and beat them over the head, like this is what the Bible says. Right. We just want our kids to keep talking. We want the conversation to keep flowing. I don't want them to ever feel like they can't come to us and say, hey, guess what, I don't believe what you believe, you know, or I've got a different take on that. I don't want to shut them down and have them just not talk about it or just walk away from the church. I feel like they can't come to the church with their own questions, concerns, and, you know, maybe we agree to disagree for a while.
6: One of our parents of teenagers gave me the best advice. She said, your kids are gonna say crazy stuff. And the key to successfully navigating that is to always keep your eyes the same size. Whether it agrees with your faith or doesn't agree with your faith, you just keep your eyes the same size. Because as your kids grow, they're testing beliefs on for size. And so just because they believe that today doesn't necessarily mean that's where they'll land when it's over. But if the conversation stops, you lose your influence. Your family is a little bit closer to the end of some of these phases maybe than on the front end of it so what are you hoping happens for them after you've finished going through all your marbles
3: you know i really hope they're able to establish their own faith i hope that they are you know like i said before i hope they're self-disciplined i hope they're responsible i hope they have a desire to share their faith and pursue their purpose and their passion you know i hope that people can see the light inside of them you know a lot of people say like i want my kids to be happy i do want them to be happy but i know that life isn't gonna bring you a whole bunch of happiness all the time it's a lot of challenges and i want them to be ready for that
0: Hmm. thanks amy yeah right such good wisdom such good wisdom you know during these the high school phase Uh, is the time where so many of our students, so many young people, uh, start to have different beliefs. And uh, they can be different beliefs uh, about church and faith. They can be just different beliefs about people. Uh, They can be different beliefs about politics, right? Just all sorts of different things that our high school young people will believe. And that's hard, I know, sometimes. And I've been living there most recently. But it's also natural, And and it's good. Our son, Cole, I'll be honest with you, our son has some different beliefs than my wife and I. But instead of us just writing him off and not talking to him about those things or shutting him down, we want to engage him in conversation about those things and what he believes about people and things and faith. Because here's the thing, parents, the time for your young people to begin to own their own faith is in those years, the high school years. The best time for them to ask questions and wrestle with things and agree and disagree and to own their own faith is while they're still in your home, when you can talk and have conversation and and go back and forth on lots of those different things. I love what Amy says in the video. She says we want to be able to talk about things we don't agree on. I don't want to shut them down. I want to keep the conversation flowing. And then she says, and maybe we just agree to disagree for a while. I think that's that's so good. Sometimes your kids will say something today that they're not even going to believe tomorrow. It's just a phase that they're going through and thinking through. I love what Darren says, who's on our youth staff around here at Parkview. He had some great wisdom there. He said, your kids are going to say some crazy things. And then he said, he got some great wisdom from parents and from a mom. and, and, And the great wisdom was this. When your kids say some crazy things, here's the key. Keep your eyes the same size. Right, and I thought that was so good. I'd never heard that before. Keep your eyes the same size when your kids come in, and they're thinking all kinds of things. That's okay. Don't don't go. What are you? No, 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 no. Don't do that because then they're gonna say, "Hey, mom's eyeballs, you know, are the size of you know volleyballs. Maybe I should do this." And, And so, just keep your eyes the same size. As our kids enter into high school, into this phase and these years, listen, there's all kinds of new pressures they begin to face, all kinds of things they should do and shouldn't do. The shoulds begin to get really big during the high school years. I I should, you know, get good grades. I should have good friends. I, I should get a job. I should go to college. There's all kinds of shoulds that begin to weigh down on high school age students. And in fact, a lot of times we don't leave those in high school. We take a lot of those shoulds that everybody puts on us and we carry them into our adult years. I should do this. I should do that. I should do this. I should do that. I should be that. And I've spent decades of my life carrying around shoulds that people gave me in high school. And to be honest, I I think there's all the time in my mind, I should do this, I should do that. I should on myself a lot. I really do thinking through all of those different things. It's true, and so do you. And because of that, check this out, in just a couple of weeks when we get into September, we're starting a brand new series, Should Happens. And we're gonna talk about how, man, we think of all the things we should do, and I think you should do this. And, and by the way, I should on other people of what they should do. And then also, you know what we do? Sometimes we put shoulds on God. We say, God should act like this. And then God doesn't act like we think he should And we get all upset about it and lose track. So a few weeks from now, we're starting into a brand new series that I am so fired up about. I'm gonna be here to launch it and lead it during the month of September. And it's gonna be all about how to move from that should life of all the weight of things that everybody thinks we should do. We're gonna look at the Bible and see how to move to that good life of freedom in Jesus Christ. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be amazing. During their high school years, bounce right back to high schoolers. Again, I want you to know this, parents. You don't have to do this perfectly. In fact, I can tell you, you will not do this perfectly. But what your son or daughter needs to know is that you love them and that you will never stop fighting for a relationship with them. You will never stop doing that. And then here's the last principle for this high school age and phase, and that is it's just a phase. Don't miss it. It's just a phase. Don't miss it, because then it's, they're going to be off doing other things. And I'll tell you this, the, this Next Gen Weekend, I think, is so powerful for so many of us because we're just in the mix of leading through and trying to gut all of this stuff out. And for me, it's incredibly relevant, not just because I love students, not just because I love the next generation, which, which I do, but it's incredibly relevant for me right now in my life. And here's why. It's because this little guy right here, this little chap... Who follows me you know he became this he became the little pirate who was talking about kissing girls and and then he became this young man in junior high who felt like God was calling him to lead people in worship and that young man right there just a few months ago became this young man who stood up and graduated from high school and now that young man who just graduated from high school has become this young man today. In just three days from now, we'll take him and drop him off at college. In just three days. I, uh, I've only got one marble left, folks. <laughs> I don't have a lot of marbles left. And I'll tell you what, there is so much inside of me that wishes that somebody could just give me another handful of marbles and put them in there. But I know you can't. And I also know that 936 weeks doesn't always seem like enough. Just a few weeks ago, I was trying to figure this out. I was spending some time with God and I was journaling trying to figure out my phase of life, because how many of you know our kids go through these phases, but so do we as parents. And so I'm talking to God, trying to figure this out and and do it gracefully. And I felt like God spoke something to my heart that really helped me out, and I ended up writing it up later and putting it on some Instagram and Facebook and those sorts of things. So maybe you've seen this, but here's what I felt like God gave to me about this. There will be a day in the future when you don't get to do this anymore whatever this is. And when that day comes, all you will wish is that you could do this a little more. So enjoy this, whatever it is. My last thing to you would be that, hey, listen, enjoy this phase, whatever phase you are in, because it's going to pass. Enjoy this phase. This weekend, as we wrap things up and head out into a new week and launch a bunch of young people out into new school years and things like that, our creative team around here at Parkview and a bunch of our young people have put together one last experience for you that talks about their hopes and their dreams and all of those things that they want to be. So I want to invite you to experience this with some of our students, and then I'll come back up and wrap us up and pray us out today. Enjoy this. Nance, thank you so much, Parkview, for being a part of a place like this that cares about the next generation and partnering with people. Haley and I are both so thankful uh, for just everybody here, friends, aunts, uncles, parents, grandparents, anybody who has influence in the life of a child. It takes all of us to do this and help each other we want you to know just a couple of things first of all there is a new uh, parent resource center at all of our campuses with all kinds of new resources if you have any influence over the life of a child please stop by there and pick up some things that fit your specific phase also a couple weeks from now we have the brand new series uh, starting about should happens how we can move from that should life to the good life and let go some of the things that the weight the world has put on us and begin to live free in Christ and I hope you'll be back and around for that as we really kick into the fall. This has been a great, great day and I think we should pray. Uh, kid, Do parents need prayed for kids? Yeah, they they do, right. So we're gonna pray for all of us. Haley, will you you pray us out of here today?
3: Yes, Jesus, thank you so much that we get to be part of a church that loves and cares about the next generation of kids and students coming through. I pray for all the parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles in the room, anyone who is hanging out with kids, that you just continue to help us not miss the phase that they're going through and just give us tons of wisdom so that we can better connect with and relate to our kids and help them through the phases that they're experiencing. We love you. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, Parkview.